The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable. And I'm Abby Richmond. And I'm Abby Richmond. <laughs> and today, we're talking about aliens. Before we get started, please, if you've yet to subscribe to this show, do so. Also, if you've yet to share the show with any of your friends, do that too. We're available on every major podcasting app. Make sure to share us on some social meds if you think we're cool, because that's how we get a lot of our listeners. Definitely. We appreciate everyone that listens and everyone that shares it with their friends or posts it on Instagram or Twitter. Please keep that up, folks. The podcast playlist is on Spotify, but the podcast is not. A couple of people asked me that the other day. That is a confusing distinction. The podcast playlist from our song picks of the week is available on Spotify. However, our show is not. It is one of the only podcasting tools that does not accept the words we have to say. As I stated before, we're talking about aliens today. And this could go a lot of different directions, but for this first segment, we're going to be talking about intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. I'm going to start this off with a quote from the author Arthur C. Clarke, and Abby, you can respond to this. Wait, wait, wait. Can you read it dramatically like they do on Criminal Minds? I don't know how they read it on Criminal Minds, but I'll try. Two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in this universe or we're not. Both are equally terrifying. Wow, that was actually good. I love that quote. I think about that all the time. There are truly only two options, as he said. Either we're it, which is kind of sad, or there is some alien life out there that we have just yet to discover. Do you think they're more intelligent than us or less intelligent if they do exist? I would say given how likely it is that there is other life, there's probably a lot of life. And I would say it probably stretches. Oh, like a range. Absolutely. From microbial life up to maybe things even more intelligent than us. And obviously I'm giving away my position. It is highly, highly likely that we're not the only ones in the universe. Agreed. In fact, it's been looked at and studied. There is a one in six. 600 billion chance that we are the only life forms in the universe. And that's based on a modification of the Drake equation, which if you know a lot about space and physics, you probably know what I mean when I say the Drake equation. It's not really important, but they modified it. And in order to predict the odds of us being alone, truly one in 600 billion. It's good. That we're alone. No, I'm saying that it's good that we're probably not alone. I see. I agree. It is more troubling to me as a human to think that we're it. Yeah, because we're running our planet into a hole, basically. And so what happens if we get down to nothing and we have nowhere to go? Well, there's good news for you on that front. Using extrapolation and what we know about at least the near universe, we can mathematically figure that there are approximately 19 sextillion Earth-like planets 
You're kidding. I'm not kidding. The universe is that vast that there are approximately 19 sextillion Earth-like planets. And what I mean by that is it has the relative size of the Earth, and it's also in what is known as the habitable zone around a star where it's not too hot, not too cold, where it could sustain life, exactly where Earth is at compared to our sun. With soluble drinking water? It's hard to say about the drinking water or just water in general because these are exoplanets that are light years away. Oh, Uh, so we can't tell if the water's... The acidity... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, It's highly likely there's water on a lot of these planets out of the 19 sextillion, but yeah, we don't know if it's possible to sustain life in the sense that we understand it. But they could potentially be like Earth. Correct. Where's the closest one at? Isn't it like Kepler... 229 or something like that. I have no idea what the name of it is, but it's relatively close. Granted, it is so far away that we would never be able with current technology to get there, but it's something like 12 light years away. Pretty close. Is a light year a term of distance or of time? Distance. Okay, a light year is a unit of astronomical distance equivalent to the distance that light travels in one year. Yeah which is 9.4607 times 10 to the 12th kilometers. So multiply that by 12 and you can get to the nearest exoplanet that is remotely like Earth. And unfortunately, since humans at this point can't figure out how to travel anywhere close to the speed of light, then it's probably not going to happen. Aren't they trying to, like, send people to live on Mars? Yeah, there are talks of that for sure, that we are going to send a human mission to Mars. There was always talk that it would happen by 2020. I believe that has been pushed off. But yeah, that is something that's coming up. And as far as discovery of life in the universe, Mars is still a candidate. We have yet to explore some regions on Mars. There are polar ice caps there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have a couple rovers up there, but no human has ever been there. Nothing has necessarily been ruled out, let's say. Is Mars smaller than Earth? Mars is slightly smaller than Earth, yes. Hmm. But there is evidence that there was water there at one point. So even if they didn't turn up current life, perhaps there's a fossil or something to indicate that at one point there was life on (gasps) Mars. Yeah, what if Mars used to look like Earth and then the sun got too hot? You lose your atmosphere or something like that? Sure. And there are theories that maybe Mars was the planet that had life and it somehow got to Earth and that's how we start. There's all kinds of theories if you want to look into this about where our life started. I would not be shocked or surprised at all if in the next 20 years we confirm that there's fossilized uh, evidence of life on Mars or maybe even something microbial or some bacteria or something they find and that would honestly just change everything. How do you think people with religion face this? You're gonna have to answer that for well, me. Well I don't I don't feel like I can answer for other people because I definitely don't think like a mainstream Christian. That's fair. I mean if you're a Christian your idea of life begins and ends on earth. God created it. He opened it up in the Garden of Eden. And if you believe the whole tale, this is where it started. And you can get into some stuff in the Bible that references angels and other beings and whatnot. But I don't think mainstream Christianity would handle that well. Yeah. My interpretation is it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It doesn't say earth. It says the earth as in like the ground. So I think that it's so open for interpretation. Like that's something that God doesn't need us to know. He just needs us to know like here's some stories to put you into line and to help you think about them and parables to help you learn basically love God love others okay yeah I can accept that but I feel like there's gonna have to be some changes in dogma of major Christian religions to incorporate to incorporate alien life be it even the tiny organism or fossil of an organism that's turned up speaking of Mars they're also looking at some of the moons of Jupiter that have liquid water in them they may be surrounded by ice but under the ice they're 
there's water and where there's water there's always a chance of life so they're exploring those possibilities as well that's just our solar system that's just our solar system exactly and there are so many other solar systems and galaxies out there and if you truly believe that the universe is infinite and always expanding then your odds of turning up life whether you'll ever interact with it or not are just so vast well because we haven't even finished exploring our planet exactly you read in the news all the time of hey we discover a new species of something on wild the planet that we're living on that we've been living on for a long time and you can still turn those up then it's harder to believe for me that there aren't any other life forms out there that just is almost not possible in my mind so with that in mind, how do you feel about Space Force? As in Donald Trump's Space Force? Yes. I don't like Space Force in the sense of what Donald Trump wants it for. I don't think we need Which is... galactic warfare. <laughs> do we need to protect our assets in space? Sure. If Russia or China truly wanted to hurt us, all they have to do is shoot down one of our satellites and we're boned. Then we wouldn't have cell phone service and all of that kind of stuff. I feel we need to protect those things. But if he's thinking like Star Wars, we need to develop the Millennium Falcon and go fight with lightsabers and that kind of stuff. No, that's not necessary. We already devote way too much money towards the military and we can talk about that another day. What do you think of the Space Force? Are we adding more spending to the military funds so that we can fund Space Force or is that, are they taking a dividend of the already existing military funds? It would be additional money. Now, if we're trimming down the military and devoting it towards Space Force, like I think you're hinting at, absolutely, let's do that. Well, because there are so many better things that our money could be going towards. True. This brings us to the next point. We just talked at length of how incredibly likely it is that there is other life in the universe. And that brings us to the next obvious question of where are they and why have we not encountered them yet? And this has a a name to it, this quandary. It's called the Fermi Paradox, where the odds of finding life in the universe are super high, yet we have no scientific evidence that there is any at this point. And we'll save the UFO and all that stuff for later, but scientifically accepted research and findings, there is no evidence of other life forms besides what's on this planet. It could be because we're such a young planet that like they're still taking time to get here. Which is a perfect segue. What that deals with, what she just mentioned, is something called the Great Filter Theory that explains perhaps why we have yet to encounter any other life in the universe. And what these are, what the steps of the Great Filter are, they're things like you need a habitable place, you need water, you need single-celled organisms to develop, you need multi-cell organisms to develop. And you may think of those as no big deal, but in nature and what we understand about the physical world, and what are the odds of that? The fact that you and me are breathing and multi-celled organisms, like that just doesn't arise out of nothing, which this is aside from religious talk right now, but these are the steps of the great filter. Civilization has to accomplish each of those, and it gets to the point where we're currently at now. We are on step eight. Are there further steps? There are further steps. We are at step eight. Everything we have, we're thinking living beings. We understand somewhat of the cosmos. We understand mathematics. We have tools. We have flown in space before. That's step eight. Step nine is intergalactic colonization, which sounds really crazy, but step nine would be us leaving this planet and habiting other locations. So earthlings colonizing other planets. Correct. That's step nine of the great filter. And we're stuck on step eight at this moment. We're advancing scientifically. We're getting places. I mean, we're going to send someone to Mars soon, like we talked about. That's a big deal. That's the first step in that. But for right now, we haven't been able to get there. And 
what the great filter theory kind of talks about is for living organisms, there may be a step that is just too large that you're never going to overcome. And in order to reach step nine and colonize the galaxy, essentially, what that allows for is if multiple living organisms reach step nine, then that increases your chances of interacting with other living organisms because you have to spread out from where you're currently at. And what the theory is, people, or not people, I should say, living organisms can't reach step nine and so we how may many, not be able to either. Yeah, like how many different planets are on step eight and we're all just existing in step eight. Right, which is a theory that every Everyone is just stuck, and I say everyone as if they're all people, but all these living organisms are stuck at step eight, which is kind of sad, but it's conceivable. Whoa. I don't think we'll see it in our lifetime, but great human minds are trying to figure out how can we get out of this earth? How can we go populate the farthest regions of the Milky Way galaxy and go farther and farther? Because if we have humans on more than one planet, more than one asteroid, more than one moon, then the chances of connecting with other living organisms is increased significantly. Right, because there's more places for them to find us. Right. That's a, such an interesting theory to me, and it, it honestly could be the explanation. There could be tons of life out there and we just we aren't able to get to it yet it could not even necessarily be our fault because some other planets could already have these advancements and capabilities and they just like haven't found earth yet they haven't they haven't found the milky way yet right and this spins out into a million different theories as to why we've yet to encounter life i'll give you a few of them and you kind of touched on a couple of them there is the theory that we live on the rare earth which means we are the only life in the universe and again not likely but it's boring if you're taking all things into account, that is a possibility. Another theory as to why we've never found any other life is that we're the first. We are the farthest advanced life and we're hunting for other life forms that may be in the single-celled organism phase. And we're just the farthest along that track. But if we still find one of those, then we can keep them under like surveillance and wait until they get to multi-celled organisms. Correct. Which leads to another theory... <laughs> It's called the zoo hypothesis. Uh, the zoo hypothesis is that there are other civilizations that have reached step nine of the great filter and they know we're here, but they're just observing us. They, they watch us and they're, they're watching to see if we can get to the next step. That makes me uncomfortable. And it, it's conceivable. I like that though. If there is a living organism that has reached a higher plane than us, then who's to say that they want to interact oh with gosh. us? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, like those sea monkeys that you can like dunk in water and then they grow yes we're those like what if oh my gosh what if some like alien bought humans from the store and then dropped them on this planet because that's like what aliens do conceivable that's another theory as to why we're here uh, there are people that legitimately believe that aliens some higher life form dropped us off you know how you can play simulation games where you start a like disease and then you can alter it and see how it goes and how many people you kill and that kind of thing yeah so yeah so what if some kid is just playing this simulation game but it's irl and his game people are called humans and this is how they act and he has chosen for them to to be greedy and to be selfish and to have destructing governments and sure or what if it went back even further what if they found earth and they're like here's a single-celled organism and they drop those off 
And then they've been watching over the last millions and millions of years we've been here just advance through the stages of the filter until we're at. And it's now. millions of years for us, but they could be watching and fast forward. They could. They could be understanding time Whoa. different than we are. There's a whole 30 other podcasts that could go on from there. Some other reasons why we maybe have not found other life forms yet, simply the lack of technology, and that could be on our end or their end. Perhaps we are missing some facet. Maybe they are trying to communicate with us, but we can't receive it. We can't understand what they're trying to tell us because that's another huge assumption people make about life. People think life is going to be like us. And if you are in some other location with different elements and different physics and maybe different mathematics, who's to say that what we understand as life is the same as life on another planet? So maybe they are trying to communicate with us and we just have no idea. I feel like I can understand that science will be different on different planets, but to think that math would be different is weird to me because it's such a concrete thing up to my knowledge of math it's definitely i don't know if i'd say concrete but it is pretty unified with the universe that we understand but we only understand such a small facet of the universe you know we are such a tiny little dot on the the scale we don't know if what we believe to be true holds outside of our galaxy or outside of the plane that we live on or our dimension we don't know much and that's the scary part is they could be trying to talk to us and we just don't know it we don't know how to decipher it yet sure like we're already receiving things and we're just too dumb to realize it for sure and there was another theory right next to that that was saying that there are a lot of intelligent life forms out there but everyone's listening and no one's submitting messages or trying to get information out there everyone's just waiting like we have something on the earth called SETI S-E-T-I and all they do is they have giant satellites and they're looking for basically alien messages or information being sent from other planets and they never get anything. The theory there is maybe that's what everyone's doing and maybe we need to start sending messages out there. Oh, that's interesting. Just everyone's sitting and waiting instead of being proactive. What would we do? Yeah, like what kind of signals would we send? Do radio waves travel in space? Radio waves, sure. That's a perfect example. What message would you send if you were sending a message? What would you send it in? You'd have to send it in pictures, probably. Granted, they can see. Oh, yeah, because you don't... Yeah, you can't send it in English. What are oh the odds they gosh. speak English? See, and that, you're dealing with things you don't even understand. And if you could send images, that's why. Do you know about the Voyager? Voyager 1 and Voyager 2? Uh-uh. So Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, these were launched in the 70s, and their goal was to swing by all of the planets. And these were some of the first things ever created by humans to view the planets. Well, when they got out by Pluto, the goal was, okay... They've done their job. They sent us all these pictures. Some of the pictures you probably looked at in your science books growing up were from the Voyager. Now it has exited our solar system. It's just going to go on forever. But what's cool about the Voyagers, on the Voyagers themselves, there's a golden record, which of the era from the 70s, but on the golden record, there are images and there are pictures. And what they did is they sat down and they tried to encapsulate all of humanity. It showed like an anatomical male and an anatomical female. And it put some popular songs on it and some pictures and all of these images such that if intelligence life found the Voyager and could somehow play this record or at least read it, do whatever with the record, it would give them an idea of humanity. In the what? 70s? In the 70s, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it would be out of date for sure, but that's pretty much all we have put out there in the universe of our culture and of who we are as humans. Do you think that aliens would be disappointed in how earth is running itself right now and everything you say it just leads me to the next one i don't know if aliens would be disappointed but another theory as to why we've encountered they just think we're stupid nothing well there's some of that they just don't want to interact with earth they just (laughs) want to isolate us that's one of them and then one that's related to that as well is life forms 
and this is across all of nature that we understand, typically end up destroying themselves. Life forms just have that thing. Oh, like the innate destruction. It's going to happen. Exactly. So it's hypothesized that we don't run into other life forms is because they may be on different time scales than we are, but they've destroyed themselves. And then you think about us right now, and we're right next door to destroying ourselves. We have weapons on this planet that can just obliterate everything and kill us all. If that goes off, then what are the odds that we encounter other life forms? They're, They're zero. And if that's happened on other planets, then you can't stop it. Continues Why would to we create a weapon that could destroy absolutely everything? You'd have to ask the scientists from World War Two. I mean, that is a theory that it's what we're going through right now as we struggle to live with each other. Maybe all of these other alien civilizations just destroy themselves. Would you want to meet an alien or would you want to stay on Earth and not interact with it? If there were other life forms out there, would you want to be a part of that or would you want to just not know? I mean, this is going to sound hokey, but I'm all about new experiences and I put that in there as well. That would change who you are. If you met some other life form that was not from the earth, you can think that's stupid or think however you want about that. That would fundamentally change what we think as humans. That would change everything. Have you watched Doctor Who at all? Only little bits of Doctor Who. Yeah, well, okay, so throughout all of the seasons, they interact with all of these different life forms from different planets, and I think it's so cool because there's one where you meet the oldest human. The and, like, skin lady? Yeah. It's just stretched out skin? Yeah. yeah I have seen that one. Moisturizing. Yeah. So, like, I think that's super cool to look at it through, like, the television kind of perspective. So, I've seen the director's point of view of what other life forms would be like and how he can interpret that. Sure. Doctor Who is a perfect example of human that overcame step nine of the great filter and were able to expand through the galaxies. So just wrapping this up as to why maybe we haven't encountered other life forms besides ourselves, there is just the fact that as sad as it would be, maybe we just are too far away from any other life form. Granted, we've only been flying since the early 1900s and space travel. We've only had that since the, the 50s and 60s. So granted, this is still a relatively new technology, but it is not very feasible that we can start traveling at speeds necessary to reach the nearest habitable planet. Are we even working on that anymore? They stopped doing stuff at NASA. They stopped space exploration. No, they stopped trips to the moon. Correct. We have not been to the moon for years and years and years and years. there's nothing left to do. There's always stuff to do. I mean, honestly, if we're going to colonize the universe... Start with the moon. Start with the moon. It is by far the closest thing to us. And as far as being in a habitable zone, the moon is. It doesn't have much of an atmosphere, but if you set up things correctly, you could probably live on the moon. If we had the opportunity like tomorrow to travel to another planet and become some of the first humans to colonize a new planet would you do it or would you stay here i would do it i think i would too but only if i knew it was 100 percent safe to get there space travel and being without oxygen is probably one of the things that i don't think i could handle which is like i said being buried alive so. yeah that'd be similar a couple years ago when nasa was talking about their manned mars mission and they started hiring astronauts for that i applied because i you actually yeah i fit the qualifications for an astronaut believe it or not you just have to be within a certain height and have a math or physics degree and i have a math degree and i'm six foot exactly so i fit the qualifications i did not get hired i think i made it into like the second round where they followed up with some more questions but but millions of people applied and they only picked four or something like that. But I was full ready to go. Granted, I would miss people. But if we went to Mars and I landed there and they're like, sorry, we can't bring you back. I went to Mars. Would uh, you be okay at this point in your life knowing that like this was it? Yeah, I, I would be fine with that. 
I've lived, not to be depressing, I've lived a good life. If I went out by going to Mars or trying to get to Mars, I wouldn't be sad about that. People could still be learning from your experience. For sure. It wouldn't be wasted. If we got out there towards Mars and then all of a sudden all the humans just died because for some reason we can't be that far away from Earth, that would be great. Then they know. They know. I would have done a service. And if it worked out and I got back, I'm one of four people that's been to Mars. I'd be treated like people that landed on the moon for the first time. Everyone knows Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. They know those names. I would be that. And I thought that was so cool. So I definitely, I signed up for that. Didn't get it. Still teaching math. But hey, if it comes around again, let's go. I think at 18, I wouldn't be ready. Sure. And that's the thing is that they're not taking young pipsqueaks out of high school. They're taking ex-military men. They're taking scientists. They're taking people that could be sacrificed. Are they taking people of procreation age? I don't know if they're thinking about that. They're not thinking about colonization at this point, as far as I know. Exploration. They're just thinking about getting there. But yeah, that would be a conversation to have because if you're planning on putting a settlement on Mars or the moon, yeah, you want to have people that can... Well, and you have to have enough different people so that it's not like a giant ancestral planet. Right. Also, if we're going to somewhere far away, you're going to have to have multi-generational astronauts because what if it's a planet that's 200 years away? You would have to have couples on there, have kids, teach kids how to fly the ship and what to expect, and then they would have to teach their kids. Like you said, multi-generational. That's going to take a lot of people to pull off. That would be rough. That's why step nine so hard. You got to think of literally everything to get to that point of colonization. When think about how many other things we're concerning ourselves with, like politics, like exploring the Oh, ocean, I know what you're like, saying. Yeah, we're worried about our orange president getting into yeah. hoots with Vladimir Putin. No, you're right. Not to go too far on a tangent here, thinking about like if I ever got to be president, granted the United States was safe, I would slash all kinds of things. I think space, that's where we need to be focused on. If we want to explore and do other things as a species, that's where we need to go. We need to go up and out. We need to go to the moon. We need to go to Mars. We need to get out and in, into yeah, space. Yeah, once we dig so far down into our hole of despair we can't go back out we need to have a backup plan and right now we don't really have one all right man we started with the odds of alien life and we have circled through almost every facet of life right here (laughs) this is such a deep and enthralling conversation and fortunately or unfortunately for you the last one i have on this list of why we have yet to encounter other life forms is the theory that they're already here Ah! and we will be saving that for the next episode this is a two-parter folks surprise Abs, you got a song pick of the week for us? Let's go with Cigarette Daydreams by Cage the Elephant. That is my favorite Cage the Elephant song. Good job. I don't actually even know that many other Cage the Elephant songs. Check them out. It's a great band. Okay. My song pick of the week, I had to go with a theme here. There's this guy named Tom DeLonge, who's the former guitarist of... Tom DeLonge. I like that name. (laughs) Of Blink-182. And he left Blink-182 to form a band called Angels and Airwaves. And this dude is obsessed with aliens. So I picked a song from his band, Angels and Airwaves, and it's called It Hurts. It's actually a really good song. He's a great musician. He's just a little wacky. I hope you enjoyed this episode, folks. Thanks for checking it out. Please make sure you tune in next week for part two of Aliens, where we start talking about UFOs and questioning whether intelligent life forms are already right here on Earth. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Stay milky.